From the capital city, I'm Jazz Garrett. Yesterday, the Juno Police Department responded to a student who had a firearm at Juno Douglas High School. Lieutenant Craig Campbell has this report. On April 13, 2023, at about 11.18 a.m., the Juno Police Department received a report from staff at the Juno Douglas High School regarding a 15-year-old male student who brought a firearm to school. JDHS staff reported they received information that the student had brought a firearm to school and it was in their backpack. JDHS staff immediately located the student, confirmed there was a firearm in the backpack, and called JPD. The student was being cooperative, and JPD responded to the school to conduct an investigation. Following the investigation, there was no indication of any threats that were made by the student. The Johnson News Center was contacted, and a safety plan involving the student, their family, as well as the Juno School District was implemented. The Juno School District worked closely with JPD while this investigation was underway. The Juno School District made notification to parents about the report, as well as the additional police presence at the school during the ongoing investigation. During this time, the school continued to operate on normal schedules, and there was no disruption to the school day. If you see or hear something, please say something. It is important to share information in order to protect our community and our schools. Students and families can report safety concerns to the principal or another trusted adult at their school or to the Juno Police Department. Anonymous tips can be made through JunoCrimeLine.com. After further investigation, the student has been placed under arrest on the charge of misconduct involving weapons in the fourth degree, a Class A misdemeanor. He will be taken to the Johnson Youth Center. On Wednesday, April 12th at about 11 p.m., members of the Southeast Alaska Cities Against Drugs Task Force contacted two airline passengers at the Juneau International Airport who were believed to be carrying narcotics as they traveled from Seattle to Juneau. Lieutenant Craig Campbell has the details. The passengers, 43-year-old Juneau resident Stacy Lorraine Beach and 61-year-old Juneau resident Ronald Dean Phillips, were contacted as they exited the plane. During the investigation, CCAT officers located the following controlled substances in their luggage. 10,950 blue fentanyl pills labeled with the markings M30 and approximately one ounce of fentanyl powder. Beach and Phillips were arrested for one count of misconduct involving a controlled substance in the second degree, a Class A felony, and taken to the Lemon Creek Correctional Center. The seized narcotics have an estimated street value of approximately $111,300. The judging for the Hummingbird Juried Art Show hosted by the USDA Forest Service at the Southeast Alaska Discovery Center in Ketchikan was completed April 5th. There were 29 adult entries and 149 juvenile entries. The prizes for adult entries were $500 for Best of Show, $300 for First Place, and $200 for Honorable Mention. The prizes for juvenile entries were $100 for Best of Show, $75 for First Place, and $50 for Honorable Mention. The adult Best of Show went to Mimi Kolaroff for her Sandhill Crane and Shadow Cedar Bark and Maiden Hair Basket. The juvenile Best of Show went to Meg Murata for her Hummingbird and Foxglove Flowers Sketch. The Hummingbird Festival in Ketchikan celebrates the return of the Rufus Hummingbird. Coming up next on News of the North, Representative Sarah Hannon joined Action Line. The University of Alaska Southeast is holding a study away class this fall. 
and back-to-back calls have come in for the Supreme Court to preserve access to the abortion pill Mufepristone. Stay tuned. You're listening to News of the North. Juno Representative Sarah Hannon joined Action Line to talk about her proposed bill, House Bill 43, aimed to prohibit conversion therapy. Alaska has the highest rate of suicide in the nation. LGBTQ youth are at the highest risk of committing suicide. Representative Hannon says conversion therapy only adds to that risk. When you look at that, it is a practice that many states, when looking at suicide risk, have said, we need to take this into account. Separately, the American Psychiatric Association and the American Pediatric Association have for 20 years said, conversion therapy isn't a therapy. It's not successful in treating people's mental health issues surrounding sexuality. And in fact, it's generally found to be very harmful. Young folks who have been subjected to it call themselves survivors. Hannon has proposed this bill in efforts to reduce suicide in Alaska. States who are identifying ways to reduce suicide risk have identified it as the most at-risk population. And since medical organizations have been saying for a couple of decades, this should not be a therapy, one of the approaches is to restrict it through the licensing of it. Now, this bill only restricts the practice of attempting to change someone's sexual orientation of youth in a licensed health care practitioner. Hannon calls it a pro-life bill. Let's not talk about the abortion debate. Let's talk about we've got young people who we can identify that their lives are at risk because of this behavior. And it is a pro-life bill to make sure that we are trying to support and help the young people we have here. Study away this fall with the University of Alaska Southeast. Jordan Lewis has this story. Wet Wen, the assistant professor of history from the Department of Social Sciences, and Karine Silkatis, the dean of arts and sciences, both from the University of Alaska Southeast, came on to Capital Chat to encourage study away in Vietnam. Wen says she encourages students to apply. Studying away has a lot of benefits. From my own experience, it was like a life-changing trip. So I really encourage students to go on this trip. Salkaitis explains how studying away can impact students. Sets people on, on a path, maybe a different path, but it does often, I think, awake a passion in someone, right? Um, Wit uh, being from Vietnam, and it's a great opportunity to have somebody who's uh, from a particular area in the world be able to bring students back to that area. And also, um, Wit's been doing really incredible work at our campus, awakening students to things that happened during the war in, in Vietnam and really getting our community in Juno involved. And I think what's great about a course like this is anyone can take it, anyone can sign up for this credit. Classes at UAS are open to anyone. And so if, if somebody listening to this program is like, I'd like to go to Vietnam, they can come and take this class. When explains the focus of the class explore the country and learn about the people, meet the people within the context of the Vietnam War. So it has a focus. It's not just, oh, going there and see what's there. I always wanted to have a class like this since I came to this country, simply because it was so obvious to me that there's a lot of mutual understanding that needs to be done. We don't have a lot of that and I came here and I learned so much by being here. So I would think someone from this country would learn just as much by going there. 
The class will travel from North Vietnam through the country to South Vietnam, meeting different people and organizations for over two weeks in November, November 18th through December the 3rd. Students will reflect on their time in the country, and they will work through emotions that may come up while processing the material. However, they will also be free for some fun time. Back-to-back calls have come in for the Supreme Court to preserve access to the abortion pill Mifepristone. The Justice Department followed a drug manufacturer Friday to request the high court intervene one day before tighter restrictions are set to take effect. More from ABC's Justin Finch. The Biden administration's emergency request for Supreme Court intervention coming right after another from abortion pill manufacturer Dinko Laboratories. Both now calling on the high court to block lower court decisions restricting mifepristone access, warning of chaos from the health of patients to disruptions in administering the drug. The Justice Department explaining if the court fails to act, existing doses predating lower court's rulings could no longer be sold or distributed. Justin Finch, ABC News, Washington. If the ruling is allowed to go into effect, it will trigger a nationwide ban on mifepristone, even in states like Alaska, where abortion is legal. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. I'm Jazz Garrett for News of the North.